Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of What is a Podcast, the podcast that took some time off unintentionally. Um, It's currently August something, August 16th, 15th, one of those, Um, and I haven't put out an episode since August 4th, so it's been you know, more than a week. I want to try to get this out once a week or like somewhere in that range. But, you know, real life stuff, IRL stuff that you don't need to know about, but I just couldn't get it out. I was either too busy or too tired. Um, I hope you forgive me. Apologies, apologies. Um, And I'll try to, you know, do it more frequently, at least for the next couple of weeks. I know next podcast, the podcast after this, I want to do something around college, something around preparing for college, something around my experience in college and my experience in the education field, because that's where I work in the education field. So I want to do something like that for the next episode. But for this episode, I'm just going to go through the shit that I wanted to talk about it's the old news episode. Um, maybe we'll go on some tangents or anything like that. But there's a couple topics on here that are now about a week old. So um, please forgive me if you're not interested in things that are a week old. I, I apologize. But if you're listening to this in the future, if you're not one of those people that listens right after it drops then that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's a week old because you're listening to this in 2022. So it doesn't matter that it's a week old. Everything I'm doing is old if you're listening in the future. So it's fine. It's fine. Um, But the first thing I wanted to talk about is health and wellness and all these new things because I have seen, you know, this, this product this ingredient in the world called activated charcoal and i just want to know what the fuck is activated charcoal because if i know i know what charcoal is i know what charcoal is we we all know what charcoal is we've used it we've seen it we know what charcoal is you use that shit to grill you use you know you use it for a whole bunch of things. It's flammable. It burns. We we know what charcoal is. What the fuck is activated charcoal? How do you activate charcoal? It doesn't make any sense to me. And why are we putting charcoal in our bodies? That doesn't make any sense. Maybe I'm being an idiot. And maybe I just I just don't get it. But I keep seeing things, activated charcoal this, activated charcoal that, whether it's food or toothpaste or face scrub. And I didn't think anything of it. I thought, oh, this is just a product that's good for you. But without like actually thinking about it, I just assumed it was good for you. But once I actually started thinking about it, like, do we really want to put charcoal in our bodies? Do we really want to rub charcoal on our face? Or brush our teeth with charcoal? Because that makes no sense to me. And I feel like when you say it like that, it doesn't make any sense. Yes, it's not charcoal, quote unquote. It's activated charcoal. But what the fuck activates charcoal? That doesn't make any sense. 
Like, think about it. What the fuck does that mean? Activated charcoal. I could say anything is activated. That doesn't mean anything. It it really doesn't. So, I don't know. If anyone has any any sort of help in terms of the whole activated charcoal phrase, please let me know because this whole trend doesn't make any type of sense to me and I'm not one of those people that like hates on trends or hates on the newest health thing but it's just sometimes it seems like whatever is healthy now like whatever the trendy healthy thing is now might be proven to be unhealthy later like right now we have a lot of like plant-based things we have a lot of almond milk or like different types of nut milks and things like that and i'm not you know against being vegan i'm not against you know the whole plant-based lifestyle i've eaten plant-based food i don't eat meat with every meal i'm not saying that what i'm saying is or what i mean by this is plant-based much like activated charcoal that's open to interpretation like plant-based could mean a lot of things you don't know what plants it's based off of like they have these like impossible burgers plant-based burgers like you just say plant-based and run with it but like you don't really know what's in it and with like the whole food and drug administration all that stuff you could probably have loopholes that like certain things are quote considered plant-based that you might not want inside of you and that's just something I think about. The same thing with like almond milk or cashew milk or pea milk. I feel like we may get to a point where scientists say almond milk is bad for you. Because growing up, you, you're you taught, at least in America, that milk is good for you. Like growing up in, I live in California, but I'm sure it's similar throughout the United States. You're growing up and you say milk is good for me. It gets strong bones, calcium, all these things. And then you find out that people are lactose intolerant. And then scientists say milk is bad for you. I was like, when I first learned that milk wasn't like the the superfood that it was claimed to be when I was in second grade, I was kind of shocked. But it really, it makes sense. I personally am not lactose intolerant, but a lot of my family is and a lot of my friends are a lot of people of color are and it makes no sense for so many people to be lactose intolerant and have milk be this some sort of superfood that you know will heal your bones give you all the calcium you need and all the vitamins and minerals and all that stuff so i'm with like whole milk isn't that great for you but I feel like who's to say that almond milk isn't good for you or these other nut-based milks? Like, in the future, and I'm when I say in the future, I mean, like, potentially next year, you know what I mean? Like, people could say almond milk is bad for you. And what are we going to do? Are we going to stop drinking almond milk? Are we going to find the next milk substitute? I don't know. But I also, while I'm on this topic, and I'm going to get off it soon, I will concede for now that almond milk is better for you than cow's milk. For now, I will say that. If science comes out and says, you know what, almond milk is bad for you, that's fine. But right now, I, I, I buy that almond milk is better for you than this cow milk. What I don't buy is that almond milk tastes better than regular milk. Like for me, like 
I don't like milk that much to begin with. Like if I'm thirsty, I'm not going for the milk. I'm going for water. I'm going for a juice. I'm going for a tea. I'm not going for the milk ever, ever, ever. Unless there's milk in my tea. But I, if I'm going to eat cereal, if I'm going to eat an Oreo, I'm not pairing my Oreo with almond milk. I'm not pairing my Oreo with, or my cereal with almond milk. That sounds disgusting to me. I'd rather use regular milk. I'll use almond milk in my tea. I'll use almond milk as a substitute if I'm baking. But when it comes to the actual taste, regular cow milk is still supreme to almond milk. And I don't care what you say. I feel like sometimes people think that just because it's healthier, it's better. And everyone has to assume that this new healthy thing actually tastes better but you don't have to lie to yourselves not everything that's healthier tastes better you don't have to you don't have to do that and i don't think the almond milk tastes better than regular milk but at the end of the day both of them are not that good like both of them like are still milk and milk isn't what you go to or at least not what i go to to quench my thirst i actually have some water right next to me that i'm gonna sip right now and if i was drinking milk it would have been a whole different situation. I would be like, oh, I'm dreading drinking this milk. It's going to make my voice all clammy and all that stuff, but I have nice fresh water. But yeah, I was just, that was the first thing that I noticed. Like even in like Walgreens and CVS, like you see like these activated charcoal things in this, these nut milks. And it's not that I don't buy it. It's just, it's very strange to me, this whole this whole shift in how we're eating and the trendy health things. And we'll see which health trends last um, longer than others. Um, but anyway, moving on to something that was also old news that I wanted to touch on for a second. Um, and it has to do with baseball and Twitter. So recently, the Miami Marlins and the Tampa Bay Rays, they played a couple games together. Both those teams play in Florida, so they have a rivalry of sorts. Just like in the Bay Area, there's a rivalry between the Giants and the A's. It's the same type of dynamic, except the Giants and the A's have way more history than the Marlins and the Rays, but whatever. So the Marlins and Rays are playing games, and of course, the Twitter accounts are going to keep you updated on the game. And these Twitter accounts, the Marlins and the Rays, they decided to have a little back and forth, a playful back and forth between whatever underpaid intern is running those Twitter accounts, right? And the Marlins tweeted at the Rays, the Rays being not like rays of sunlight, like sting rays. That's what rays are. They used to be called the devil rays, if you didn't know, but now they're just called rays. But they're based off of the manta ray, sting ray, those type of animals. Um, and the Marlins, based off of fish, they tweeted at the Tampa Bay Rays and they said that you are literally the animal that killed Steve Irwin log off. And this was, you know, knee deep in a Twitter back and forth, like a playful argument. We all know his jokes. And the Marlins said that your mascot is the same animal that killed Steve Irwin, the beloved crocodile hunter. And I thought that tweet was funny. A lot of people thought that tweet was funny. And people were laughing, people were retweeting, people were quote tweeting, people were replying. It was a win for the Marlins because if I remember correctly, the Marlins got blew out by the Rays in that game. 
but the Marlins won on the internet by saying that the Rays are the same animal. Their mascot is the animal that killed a beloved cultural figure. And it killed. It was perfect. It was worded perfectly. Everything about it was fantastic. And then, seemingly out of nowhere, although they probably had a lot of internal discussions, the Marlins, MLB, all that stuff. The Marlins Twitter account tweeted an apology saying we shouldn't have made light of Severwin's death. And I had a little bit of an issue with this. One, I hope whoever runs the Marlins Twitter account or whoever sent that tweet didn't get fired because it was a good tweet. It was a funny tweet. And two, people make Steve Irwin jokes literally every day. Like Steve Irwin... A, you know, a celebrated figure. I love Steve Irwin growing up. I watched Crocodile Hunter. I watched Zaboomafu. I love all those things. But people make Steve Irwin jokes every day. People say, I will beat up Sting Rays because they killed Steve Irwin or I miss Steve Irwin. Why the fuck did Sting Rays have to take away Steve Irwin? People make those jokes every single day. Granted, People who are making those jokes aren't the face of an organization. They're not companies making those jokes. But I feel like you don't need to apologize for something like that because people make those jokes every day. It's not like you're making a joke about something that we're not supposed to make a joke about. It's not like, you know, you're making like a domestic violence joke, for example. You're making a joke that plays on the format that already exists that is tweeted out every day. And to me, it seems like Major League Baseball, the Miami Marlins, they got together. They're like, look, this tweet is getting a lot of attention. It's not a good look because you're talking about a celebrity dying and we want you to apologize. But I feel like you didn't have to apologize. I feel like by apologizing, you're cheapening the win. And the Marlins, they don't win a lot. I know, because they're my second favorite team after the Giants. And I felt like that whole that whole apology just didn't need to happen. Sometimes apologies need to happen, and sometimes people fuck up. But I felt like this wasn't a fuck up, and it's sad that it had to go. I just feel like you don't, you don't need to apologize for these things. And yeah, I just want to mention that a little bit as we're going through all the old news, all the old news of the week. Or the past two weeks, week and a half, however long it's fucking been. I don't know. But anyway, we have to talk about the top 50 rappers list. If you don't know how about this, you probably are not on Twitter at all. But what was tweeted out about a week and a half ago now, there was some type of podcast, some type of group of people. They tweeted out a list of top 50 rappers of all time the best rappers the best mcs of all time and you know excuse me had a little bit of hiccup they had you know jay-z they had nas as like their one two and then they had joe budden at three and because joe budden was at three it sent the internet into a frenzy people were calling the list trash people were making their own lists but what's crazy is like the right list is like the perfect content 
for memes, for sharing, for anything. And when I say the right list, I mean a comically bad list. Like all they had to do for that list is to subtly put in a non Tom top 50 rapper into the top five. And it just took off like wildfire because the account that tweeted it only had like 300 followers. It wasn't like a big account, a popular account that tweeted it. And really, the power of a list can go a long way. That's why BuzzFeed got popular. The whole listicles, lists get are popular. But I don't think that you can accurately rank like top 50 rappers ever in life because I think there's just too much gray area and too much um room for subjectivity but top 50 anything is like too much like unless you're talking about like you're ranking like the states in the United States why are you ranking top 50 anything it doesn't that's too much like a top 10 a top 20 those type of things but for most cases you don't need top 50 or more like sometimes you do it in terms of like basketball players football players baseball players but there's very rarely a time when you need to do a top 50 and then after all that magic johnson came out with his top 60 list and that sent the internet into another craze because magic johnson listed his top 60 places of travel top 60 tv shows top 60 whatever and people were like what the fuck is magic doing here he has law and order svu in his top 60 tv shows to watch and people just all of a sudden went crazy about it lists are perfect content when they're done right but a good list is not perfect content you need a list that's good enough to be somewhat respected but have something wild thrown into it or something that makes it unconventional. And you you need a list that can be memed to some extent and that's the perfect content. And it's hard to perfect like the the shareable list because like a list that's predictable is not going to do well on the internet. Like people might agree with you, but it's not going to get like the virality that something ridiculous is going to have. But I feel like like listing things is not my strong suit at all. So I don't know if I'll ever make a perfect list. What I hate, you know what I hate is when people ask like your top 10 thing, like your top 10 favorite anything on the spot. I'll do a top 10 list if I have time to think about it, have time to create my li- my reasoning and, you know, be able to defend my rankings. But if you ask me like top five, french fries on the spot like where are the places with the best french fries like it's gonna take me some time to think i'm not gonna give you what you want right away um i think on the spot lists not my forte but you know creating like a top 10 list or anything like that something that takes time and care i can do that but i don't think i'll ever perfect the 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 viral list I tend to, when I've tried in the past, I've either gone too crazy or too conventional, and it, it it just doesn't get the same attention that something that's subtle, 
that's perfectly subtle enough to get the people going and to rile the people up. I haven't reached that yet. Maybe I will. I was a, maybe I'm a little bit too negative, and I maybe I will one day, but I'm not sure when or if that day will come. All right, on to something more serious. We need to talk about this Brooke Houts dog story. This, if you're again. More Twitter news because the only time I get news is from from fucking Twitter. But if you don't know who Brooke Houts is, you're not alone. I didn't know who this girl was either. But this she's a YouTube personality. She had like a couple hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube. She was, you know, doing, I guess, pretty well for herself. She had like thousands of Twitter followers as well. And she accidentally uploaded a video with her dog that showed clear animal abuse. Like she was pushing her dog. She was spitting on her dog. She was doing all types of, you know, bad things to her dog. And her dog was big. It was like a, like a Doberman or something like that. It was a big dog. It wasn't like, you know, a a Corgi or a Chihuahua or anything like that. But she accidentally uploaded this unedited dog video that showed you know clear-cut animal abuse and my first thought is how the fuck did you do that how the fuck did you pull that off because i'm assuming you had the first cut and the second cut and either you labeled them the same or you just weren't paying attention at all because me when i make youtube videos and i don't do heavy editing partly because I feel like it isn't needed and partly because I'm lazy. Um, But I still think the videos are pretty good, at least now they are. But when I go through, you know, I save the video, I go into editing software, I fix the sound, I fix like the color, I'll do things like that. Once that goes into like the editing software, I just upload straight from the editing software. I don't have like exporting or anything crazy like that. So maybe I can't relate the the hardest to this, but it feels like it's pretty easy to s- differentiate between unedited and edited. Like when the unedited unedited is going to be a different length first of all. Usually you save it as a different thing whether it's like final draft or rough draft or something like that. It's just like the fact that you like inadvertently did this it says a lot. Like what the fuck are you doing and what type of care are you taking with your videos? Or maybe what happened was she uploaded it um and then just like had two of them uploaded on YouTube at the same time because you can upload YouTube videos and keep them private. Like what I do is I upload the video and once I upload, it's already on private. So you just set it so that when you upload it, no one can see it. And then from the private screen, before I make the video public, I, you know, I fix the description, I add the tags, I add like the end screen and all that stuff. And then I make it public. But maybe she didn't do that. Maybe she just thought like, oh, it's uploaded. I'll make it public. Or as soon as she uploaded it, it was already public. Maybe it was something like that. But 
most people that I know, like at least somewhat of the process, like they upload it to private first and then go from there. But who knows? But the second thing is like who like the animal abuse like is, you know, something that people are not, you know, cool with. We saw this with Michael Vick. We see this with PETA. Like, people are not down with animal abuse, especially when it's for dogs. Like, people will go to hell and back for a dog. And if you're going to make a video with your dog, then you probably know that people will go to hell and back for dogs. And people care a lot about how you treat your dogs. And... I feel like if if you know that like you're going to discipline your dog like that, not saying that what her actions were, what her actions were, were correct. I'm saying like, if you like know that like this is where this is going and this looks bad on camera, turn the camera off. Like, that's what I would do. I mean, I wouldn't abuse my dog. I have two of them and they are not abused. But if I saw something that looked bad on camera... I would just turn the camera off. Start over. Start over. You don't need to do that. It's a fucking dog. Um, it's not like they're going to know that they're filming a video. You you have a regular ass dog. But it just was so crazy to me that all these things happened. And then I looked at this person's YouTube channel. And this person has rebranded her whole th- her whole YouTube channel around this fucking dog like because i was looking at like the comments in the video she sent out an apology tweet that was a really bad apology that got ratioed on twitter i looked through like all her old videos and eventually i got to like sort of this true crime podcast type content that she was doing a year ago brooke Houts was and then recently like within recent months she centered all of her content around this dog and like raising a dog, taking care of a dog. The dog was her brand. And because the dog was her brand, I'm sure she got a whole new audience in the whole true crime podcast world. But it's crazy how you got a dog and now since you're using your dog pretty much for all of your content it's like did you only get a dog to film videos with is this dog just a prop in your videos i don't know because really i didn't actually watch her videos i was just like open the video pause it look through the comments and people are just were just destroying her but it's like wow a lot of things had to go wrong for this to even go to public like uploading and inadvertently unedited video it just is so ridiculous as someone for me as someone who does not do this for money like if you do this for money it feels like you should know better by now like come on clean yourself up but um speaking of cleaning people up it was also, you know, put out in the open that Brick House doesn't shower very often. Like people were like, you know, trying to get in contact with Brooke House's family and friends and an ex-boyfriend of Brooke House said that she doesn't shower like at all. I don't know how true that is, but like they're just going to drag this girl through the mud for whatever she's worth, but it's old news now. So we don't we don't really need to talk about it as much anymore. But 
it was something that was really, you know, crazy on Twitter for a couple of days. Like people were like saying she deserves to never have animals again. She deserves to get arrested. People were calling her the B word, the C word, all types of mean names. And she I don't think you'll ever bounce back like Michael Vick kind of bounced back from the whole dog thing. But I don't know if she'll ever bounce back on YouTube and be known as anything other than the dog abusing person. But Shane Dawson literally admitted to fucking a cat and he still has a platform on YouTube. So what the fuck do I know? Um, But anyway, I wanted to talk about Love Island, even though Love Island, the UK season, the USA season, all that shit is already over. Both series have ended, but I, I, I just love Love Island, and I, I want to do a Love Island like recap podcast, which is not a new idea. There's an official Love Island UK recap podcast. There's unofficial Love Island podcast. This is not a new idea by any means, but I want to do one. I I really like Love Island. I like the UK version. I like the USA version. I'm currently right now watching Australia, Love Island, Australia. I got my hands on that. So I'm watching that. And I just, I can't get enough of it. And it's crazy because I don't really watch any other reality TV. I don't watch The Bachelor. I don't watch Big Brother. I don't watch Survivor. I don't watch The Amazing Race. I don't watch any of those other things. No no offense if you do. I'm not saying that you're, you're a fine person. I'm just saying that I never got into those. But when I saw Love Island on Hulu... And I just started, you know, going down the rabbit hole. I just, I can't get enough of Love Island. And it's interesting because, like, Love Island USA is over. They had their first trial run. They're getting a second season, which is great. And I felt like the the problem with the Love Island USA finale was that the winners were predictable and second place, third place, and fourth place were very, very predictable. Whereas in the United Kingdom, the people who won, it, like I don't think you could have predicted it three weeks out who was going to win. But for Love Island USA, you kind of knew who was going to win fairly early on. And I'm not trying to spoil anything just in case some of you weirdos are weird about spoilers. But I don't want to, you know, step on any toes, as they say in Love Island. But I feel that part of that is like American sensibilities versus UK sensibilities. Like as I was listening to like recap podcasts and all that stuff, people in the UK were like, we want adversity. We want someone who has a journey. We want someone who went through ups and downs in Love Island to win. Whereas in the US, I feel like the voters were like, the people who actually seem like the best couple and the most solid couple, the people who had no ups and downs, we want them to win. And that's just different sensibilities in different parts of the world, it seems like. Or or maybe it's just not as many people watch USA as UK, so you know, there's a wide range of sensibilities. I don't know. But I just was that's what I noticed is that the USA, like the finale, I watched the finale and I knew who was gonna win. Like I didn't have to get spoiled. I just I knew who was going to win. I knew who was going to be in second place. I knew who was going to be in third place. 
in UK, I had no idea who was going to win, no idea who's going to be in fourth place, third place, or or second place, or anything like that. Um, but I was thinking, like, sort of as a joke, sort of not as a joke, like, because Love Island USA currently, as at the time of recording, they're accepting applications for next season, season two. And I was like, I should apply. I like Love Island. I live tweet it. I'm on Snapchat. The only thing I use Snapchat right now is for Love Island Australia recaps. Like, I eat this shit for breakfast. Let's just apply. Let's see what they say to me. But the problem is, I don't have, like, abs. <laughs> I I feel like, like, facially, I don't think I'm ugly. I think facially, I can I can hack it up there in Love Island. But every dude in Love Island has abs. Like, they have, like, a six-pack abs. They do all this, you know, workout in the gym, stuff like that. I don't go to the gym. I exercise. I do, like, some walking and jogging in the morning. I use a shake weight at night. I exercise. Like, I'm I'm doing fine. And I'm not, like obese that's not what i want you to think of me as if you see me in real life if you see my videos you know that but just in case you didn't i'm not obese or anything but i don't have abs and in love island when you spend so much time with your shirt off and everyone else has abs like you need abs too and so in if i was to make it to love island i would need to you know spend a lot more time in the gym doing like more sit-ups and getting that abs right eating less mcdonald's eating less you know cake and pie and shit like that which i could do i could do that easily or not easily because it takes work but i could do it do i want to do it that's the question because like I can't be in Love Island and then just be the guy wearing a t-shirt in the pool. Like you can't you can't do that. Um but it has me thinking like now that I think about it because like everyone in Love Island is hot, right? Everyone in Love Island is an incredibly attractive person, but they're all single somehow. And I'm thinking like people who stay in the gym like if you stay in the gym, if you work on your body, you go to the gym every day for hours a day. And I was thinking about my people in my life who go to the gym often, people who work on the body, people who like bodybuild, things like that. They're not out here fucking more than regular people. Like, I feel like we have this idea that people who like have this shredded body, like they're fucking more than other people. And I was like, no, now that I think about it, the people who stay in the gym, people who look really, really good and they put in a lot of work in. They're not having more sex than than me. They're not having more sex than regular people. And I think it's because, like, the gym takes too much time. Like, you're in the gym six, seven days a week for hours. You know, you're tired. You're sweaty. You just want to, you know, eat your protein shake and go to bed. Like, you don't have time. Like, other people... They might have, you know, their own issues or anything like that, their own priorities, but they might have more time to meet people than the pe- than the dude who's in the gym three hours a day, seven days a week. Like, he's tired. The dude who's in the gym all the time is tired. He doesn't have time to meet new people. You're too busy bodybuilding. You're too busy, you know, 
barbells and dumbbells. That's what you're doing. And, you know, it makes sense that a lot of these, you know, incredibly attractive people are single because they spend too much time in the gym. But the other problem with Love Island, at least from my perspective, like since I'm just a regular person and I don't interact with everyone around me being beautiful. Like the thing about Love Island is a social experiment at the end of the day. And everyone in there is beautiful. And since everyone is beautiful, like no one really is beautiful, if that makes sense. Like since everyone has the same trait, that trait isn't really valued as much. And your personality needs to shine through. And I have personality. That's not what I'm trying to say here. What I'm trying to say here is if I go into Love Island and I see all these beautiful women, what I'm going to think, and I know like this is how I'm going to think, at least at first, is like, wow, I'm not even worthy of talking to these women. Like I see like Love Island USA, UK, and now Australia, and I'm like, wow. Like if I had like five women sitting in front of me, tens out of tens, I'd be like, wow. Am I in the right place? <laughs> like, do I even need to be here? Like, am I even worthy of talking to these people? Like, I see like people in Love Island UK like on Instagram like being Instagram models and like God fucking damn it, I am not worthy of this at all. But maybe I just need to think higher of myself and I need to do more sit ups and I might be able to kill it on Love Island. I think I have you know, a decent personality at best, at worst, a decent personality and a good one at best. Um, I think facially I can hack it. I just need to do more sit-ups and eat less McDonald's. And you might see me on Love Island in a year. Um, sorry if my chair is a little bit squeaky. I'm using, I'm currently sitting on a Raiders chair, like a Raiders lawn chair. It has, you know, the Oakland Raiders logo on it. And it's not a inexpensive chair by any means so if you hear it you know queaking and squeaking um that's why it's because it's a 20 year old raiders lawn chair um but anyway i'm strongly considering either applying for love island partially as a joke but partially like to see if i'd actually get on it and if that doesn't work out which it probably wouldn't um i'm considering starting a second podcast to recap Love Island. I mean, it would have to be a second podcast because otherwise I would like bog down the feed with this podcast. And I'm not sure if it would be daily recaps or weekly recaps or anything like that. But Love Island UK comes back in winter for the first time ever. So I have to decide if I want to do it by then. But I think I could do it. I think it would be fun. It would be shorter than... What is a podcast? Be like maybe like 20 to 30 minutes long. I don't think it would be much longer than that, especially if I do it daily. If I did it weekly, it would probably be like an hour long still. But if I did it daily, it would probably be like 20 to 30 minutes long. But I think I, I think it would be fun to just to just do it. It's something that I like. It's the only reality TV show that I like. And I think I have some some quality insights. Um, but anyway, real quickly, if you've seen this fish tube story, there's a fish tube that they did in like Canada or wherever the fuck where they're manually firing salmon 
through a tube and having it the tube spit them out on the other side of the dam so that it saves time for the salmon to cross the river or whatever. And it's under the guise that is helping the salmon. And it's like this really crazy tube. It went viral on Twitter because the only thing I know is Twitter. The only thing I read is Twitter. The only place to get my news is twitter.com. But I feel like this fish tube is not practical in literally any sense of the word. It's not practical for the fish. It's not practical for the humans. They spent all this time and money building a fucking fish tube and for what to be made fun of on Twitter. And maybe that's what they wanted, but this fish tube is fucking bananas. Um and I just wanted to, I wanted to make it clear that I am anti fish tube. Um that's my stance and I'm don't typically get political on this podcast, but I am very much anti fish tube. Um anyway, Last thing I want to talk about for today, and then next week we're going to have, fingers crossed, like a college episode, like a college and career and college advising, having a career in education episode. I I think that that episode would actually be really fun, and I have to do some a little bit of writing, um, just to iron out what I want to say. But I think that'll be really really fun and really really informative. But I don't know how many people it'll pertain to. But I do this for me. But anyway, I want to talk about barstool sports, because barstool sports has come out as being anti union, like. The workers at The Ringer, which is a competing site to Barstool, is they're starting um, a union, like they're trying to unionize. And Barstool and their founder, Dave Portnoy, are they just came out against union. Like Dave Portnoy, who is the like the owner, the founder of Barstool Sports, which is a sports blog, if you didn't know, he came out against unions. He said unions suck. And if you try to start a union, I will fire you. And I'm sure we're all familiar with the concept of unions, but the Ringer Sports and Entertainment blog started started a union or they're trying to start a union. Barstool Sports came out against that. And specifically, the owner, CEO, founder, Dave Portnoy of Barstool Sports came out against that. And I guess by tweeting and this is like a paraphrase of what he said, but he tweeted, I will fire you if you try to start a union. I think the act of tweeting that may have been against the law. And people from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez to like labor companies and like government companies, they came out and they're like, yo, this is not legal in the slightest. And it felt like for me, it was like, I don't I have mixed feelings about Barstool Sports, but this whole Twitter fiasco just made it me like it made me go deeper into the negative feelings for Barstool Sports because like unions for the most part are are good. And Dave Portnoy, who like out of all the Barstool people, like Barstool puts out some content that I like on Twitter on Instagram, like I'll see 
something every once in a while that I like. But Dave Portnoy in particular, the president, CEO of Barstool, everything that dude does, I don't like. Like, I've never liked a single thing that Dave Portnoy did. And a lot of, like, higher-up Barstool people, like, they put out content that I just don't rock with. And, like, maybe one time out of 20 times a Barstool post will be, you know, enjoyable to me. And I'm like, yo, Barstool, you know, it's just kind of, kind of garbage to me. I don't rock with that content. But I have mixed feelings because sometimes I do like, you know, something that Barstool puts out. And I'm like, I can't like this Barstool post. I can't comment on this Barstool post because I don't like them. And now it just makes me feel like I don't like them even more, especially Dave Portnoy. Like that dude, like, it seems like the people who follow him see this whole union mumbo jumbo as sort of a joke. And like, they just assume that everything he's saying is a joke. But for me, like when Barstool or someone behind Barstool makes a statement like that, it's impossible to take it fully as a joke because Barstool has credible allegations against them for being, you know, sexist, having people put out racist content, people putting out offensive content, people putting out like borderline bullying content. So I can't take everything Barstool says or everything a higher up at Barstool says as a joke because they have a history of actually being like pretty shitty people. So like the Barstool, you know, the whole Barstool organization, when they do something like say, we will fire you if you start a union, like it might be a joke and maybe like because I don't follow them closely, I just don't get it. But because I of what I know about Barstool, I can't just take them saying that something like that as a joke. And a lot of people didn't say or they a lot of people didn't think of Barstool as saying that as being a joke or as Dave Portnoy saying it as being a joke. They took it you know, fairly seriously. And maybe even the act, I'm not too sure about this fact, but maybe the act of tweeting that broke the law, not like something that's going to send into prison forever, but that that tweet may have broke the law, even if it was a joke, which I can't blame him for not knowing that if that is true, because I didn't know that. Um, and I still don't know if that's 100% true. But that's just like, oh, yeah, you fucked up and you shouldn't be doubling down on this. But that's kind of what Barstool does. Like they'll put out something inflammatory and then they'll they'll double down on it thinking that it's all a joke when people take this shit seriously and they're just not taking everything seriously. And I get like trolling and I get like, you know, egging people on and trying to get a reaction out of people but you have to draw a line somewhere like some things are more serious than others like i'll troll on instagram and like you know say oh this celebrity you know is dating another celebrity when they're clearly not dating that other celebrity like i once trolled in miley cyrus's instagram comments because she posted a picture with sean mendez and at the time miley was married to that liam whatever and they just recently broke up, but whatever. And 
I was like, oh, Miley is dating Shawn Mendes. And then people responded to me saying, no, she's married to Liam. And I would just play dumb and say, who the fuck is Liam? And that's fun for me because that's not serious. Like that doesn't matter at the end of the day. It doesn't matter to most people if someone is fake pretend dating, whatever. And it doesn't matter what I think about the matter. But I'm saying matter too much. But when it comes to like labor rights, yeah, that's that's pretty serious. And when you're the head of a company, it's pretty serious. So you have to like draw the line at trolling. And I'm assuming Dave Portnoy is like in his mid to late 30s. So I hope that he knows that there's lines to be drawn. But you never you never know like when people come to terms with that their trolling might have real world effects. And I get trolling, but is a little bit too far for Barstool this time. And a lot of people like this is the last straw for them with like Barstool content, which fine. Um, and the, the last thing is that Dave Portnoy, he responded to AOC saying debate me. And I made this point before, but nobody who begs to be debated is worth being debated. And anyone who's like screaming debate me, debate me, debate me, and we see it a lot with like young millennial um conservatives like they're always begging to be part of a debate for whatever fucking reason it just makes you look desperate in my opinion and you don't need to debate someone just because they ask for a debate that's not how life works and no one who begs to be debating other people I feel like has the best interest of the debate in mind like you're begging for a debate because you have some type of loophole or some type of sleight of hand that um that you know will help you win the debate and you don't need to you don't need to put yourself in that situation um but anyway two more things I think I might have said that that barstool story was gonna be the last thing but two more things one Mia Khalifa. Mia Khalifa came out, said she didn't make that much money from porn. She did a whole interview. I didn't watch it. But I I have something a little bit funny about this. So I made a joke on Twitter. It got like a retweet or two. I said, the last person to reach number one as quickly as Lil Nas X did and for as long as Lil Nas X did was Mia Khalifa. That was a paraphrasing of the tweet. And I thought that was pretty funny because Lil Nas X, he, you know, had a controversial song. He shot to number one of the charts. Mia Khalifa had a controversial pornographic film. If you didn't know, shot her to number one on the Pornhub charts. And like, I thought that was a funny comparison to make Lil Nas X and Mia Khalifa. And Mia Khalifa doesn't do porn anymore. But she came out with this interview like a day after I made that tweet. And I was like, damn, as soon as I made that tweet, Mia Khalifa comes out clearing up every misconception about her porn career and just, you know, stomps on my joke. And my joke isn't as funny anymore. But I didn't watch the whole Mia Khalifa interview, so I can't comment on anything like that. All I saw was like sort of the tweets surrounding it about her not making, you know, buckets of money from porn and that she only made like twelve thousand dollars in porn which is respectable i don't think she made that many videos i think if you made like 10 videos and you got twelve thousand dollars like 
that's a little bit more than a thousand per video. That's not that's not horrible. Um but I feel like you know it just ruined my joke and not completely ruined. I think that if you phrase it right, you could still do it. It's just like right now like on the heels of her you know, kind of coming clean about her experience in the porn industry. It's, you know, not the best tasting joke. Um, So, you know, thanks, Mia Khalifa, for clearing up any misconceptions and more power to you. But you ruined my joke, and I hope you know that. Um, Anyway, I wanted to leave you on a conversation about food. And I had this conversation with um a couple people, but I no longer i no longer do this with when it comes to food i no longer say i dislike an entire ethnicity's food for example i used to say i don't like chinese food and i would say like oh yeah i don't really like chinese food i only like a couple things from chinese food i'm stopping saying that and here's the reason why i live in america and Chinese food in America, whatever ethnicity's food, Indian food, Thai food, Nigerian food, Jamaican food, Ethiopian, Brazilian, Filipino, Mexican, whatever it is. You, if you live in America or if you live in a country that doesn't originate the food, you don't have the full spectrum of food, most likely. I don't have the full spectrum of Chinese food. I don't have the full spectrum of Thai food. I only have a little taste of an Americanized version of Chinese food. So it's wrong for me to say I don't like Chinese food. What I'm starting to say now is like, I don't like that dish. So, and this is an example, this isn't true. But if I said, I don't like orange chicken, that doesn't mean I I dislike Chinese food as a whole right? If you say I don't like tacos, that doesn't mean you dislike Mexican food as a whole. And I felt like I say this and I see a lot of other people say this, but I've said in the past, I don't like Chinese food or I don't like XYZ's food. And I've heard people say like, oh, I don't like Indian food. I'm stopping saying that. I'm going to try to say, I don't like this dish. And I've been, I've been stopping like constantly for a while or like consciously for a while I just wanted to you know maybe throw that idea out there that maybe you don't like an entire country or ethnicity's food or maybe you just don't like one dish or a couple dishes or you don't like the little slice of Americanized food that you get but go to the actual country see you know get a better variety of the food maybe you'll like some of the dishes so, yeah, I'm stopping saying, I'm stopping making those blanket statements in that way. Um, but yeah, that's all for this episode of What is a Podcast. Thank you for listening or watching on YouTube or paying attention or, you know, enjoying anything that I say. This one is, you know, a lot of older topics. Um, I wasn't really keeping up with the news that much. And I do, I've mentioned like, three times now I have plans for the next one that'll be a little bit more thought out and a little bit more you know crisp and precise hopefully um but I wanted to get this one out there I'm not sure if this is my best episode ever it's definitely 
not the the worst because the first episodes I did, boy howdy, those were terrible. But um, I don't know how good this was, but I had fun doing it. I had fun, you know, just going and giving it a rigmarole. So thanks for thanks for hanging out with me. Um, yeah, but that was what is a podcast episode twenty whatever. Um, yeah, thanks again. Love you. Goodbye.